Hey everyone, welcome back to Sports Arty Snippets. I'm so excited for our episode today. We have Carrie Oliver on and Carrie just had such great advice and insight and she'll just, she'll really have you thinking after this episode and just reflecting on, you know, your own career path and lessons learned. And Carrie just has great advice on the importance of setting boundaries, making time to take care of yourself, and most importantly, remembering who you are outside of being a sports RD. But before we dive into the episode, we are talking all about our sponsor, Momentus. One of their best-selling products is the collagen peptides. And I know that collagen is everywhere on every grocery store shelf, but this is the real deal. Momentus includes a type of collagen in their formula called Fortigel, made up of type 1 and type 2 collagen, and is sourced from pasture-raised germine bovine hide. Fortigel has been designed and tested specifically to promote collagen synthesis in tendons and ligaments. There is 15 grams of collagen in every serving and vitamin C, which helps improve collagen synthesis and absorption. This product is seriously a no-brainer addition to your athlete's and personal routine, and your joints will thank you. For RD Snippet listeners, Momentus is offering 20% off your order using the code RDSnippets at checkout. Check out their website and collagen peptides at livemomentus.com. And don't forget to use the code RDSnippets for 20% off your order. Thank you so much to Momentus for sponsoring this episode. And let's jump in and meet our guest. Boundaries are cool. Boundaries will set you up for a career that's sustainable and you'll enjoy going to work every day. Hey everyone, and welcome to Sports Arty Snippets. I'm Liz Waluka, a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession. Snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hey everyone, I'm super excited to have Carrie Oliver on today. And not only does Carrie share her career advice, but she also talks about the nutrition and fueling behind pro hockey players, which we have not talked about yet. So super exciting and just super excited to jump in. Carrie Oliver joined the LA Kings hockey organization as the team's first full-time sports dietitian in February of 2021. Prior to the Kings, Carrie spent five and a half years providing nutrition support to the fighting Irish football team among a magnitude of teams at the University of Notre Dame. As the director of sports nutrition for football, Carrie conducted all meals and snacks at home and away, oversaw a training table, conducted body composition testing, provided nutrition counseling, education talks, coordinated cooking demos and grocery store tours, and provided medical nutrition therapy services to Irish student athletes. Additionally, she served on the Athletic Supplement Committee. Prior to working at Notre Dame, Oliver was a lifestyle educator at Kaiser Permanente, educating and counseling those with physical limitations and various medical conditions on exercise and healthy living practices. She also completed sports nutrition internships at USC and Baylor. Oliver received her bachelor's degree in kinesiology with a concentration of exercise science from California Baptist University and her master's degree in nutritional science from California State University, LA. Oliver was a four-time member of the CBU women's volleyball team playing libero and serving as a captain her senior year. In her free time, Carrie enjoys seeking out coffee shop gems, being outdoors, playing volleyball, traveling, live theater, baking, trying new restaurants, and spending time with family and friends. Let's jump in and let's meet Carrie.
Hi, Carrie. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Liz. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to spend some time with you. I'm excited for you to be here. It's 8 a.m. in California. How are you doing out there? It's good. We got the marine layer here. We're close to the beach. So once that burns off, it'll be a, a great morning here. Amazing. What's the temperature out there? That's a great question. Um, 64 degrees right now, partially cloudy. And we'll clear to 72 at 12. I don't know why I'm asking this. I'm clearly just missed living in California. (laughs) (laughs) I know, because you were at Pepperdine, right? I know, yeah. Where is the King's facility? So we're in El Segundo, which is like right next to Manhattan Beach, um, but a little bit more inland. Okay, I know where that Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Um, Will you set the scene for us? Kind of tell us about maybe like what's going on in your day-to-day or just day in life in Cary? Yeah. So um, right now we're technically in off season. Uh, We'll start getting back in camp in September, mid to late September. Um, But our guys actually enjoy staying here over the summer because the beautiful weather. So we have probably about 15 to 20 of our um, players and some of our former players here training at the facility. So I'm here early getting, making sure breakfast is ready. Um, We have our in-house chef. So touching base with him every day. Um, And then just being ready for recovery or whatever the day entails. The guys tend to leave by probably about 12 or 1 p.m. and then get to do some computer work, collaborate. So it's been a really um, nice transition and to have an off season is is awesome. Um, I've been able to get ahead of things and start planning for what's coming up in the next few weeks. Amazing. Did you start with the Kings during season? I did. So I, my first day was February 1st. Oh so I God. came from football season at Notre Dame, oh flew home and, uh, or flew home, meaning California, that's where I'm from, um, and started right away and got into their COVID cadence and didn't look back. And now I'm like, what in the world has happened for the past, you know, six months? I, it was bizarre learning on the fly, but that's kind of the best way to learn. I know. Just get so it, was, it was good. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I like to start these episodes off on how we know each other. I feel like I, did we meet before McCallum when I saw you two years ago? Cause I feel like I just don't yeah. know what it is and it's bothering me. That I was thinking the same. I listened to your episodes. I'm like, how did we actually meet? And I think honestly, it was like at CPSCA in passing or in, in an elevator or, you know, something random. And then like, it was like, we knew each other forever when we went to McCallum. I'm like, I don't think it was like McCallum, but like, I feel like that was the most time we spent because we were out yeah. there at the, um, the conference in Berkeley. But I was like, I feel like I known Carrie for so long. <laughs> no, I think it's just your personality, Liz. I think everyone's <laughs> like, oh my God, she's my friend. But like, how did we even meet? I'm laughing. We met in the <laughs> elevator. We're best friends. Right? Honestly, but anyone in CPSGA, that's probably true. So we'll get yes. it. Um, <laughs> all right. Can you take us to your career path up until this point where you started and where you are today? Yeah, I love this question when you ask people this because everyone's answers are so different. And it just goes to show that there's so many different paths that you can take um, on this <laughs> nutrition journey that will get you kind of where you're wanting to go. Um, so for me, I played every sport growing up, did just wanted to be involved in anything related to sports or health and wellness. Um, my mom was an athletic trainer, so she was always around football for like 28 years. Um, so we grew up in the athletic training room and that was just our life. Um, and my dad worked in baseball. So I knew that I wanted to do something similar. My career path ended, I, I'm truly, I wanted to play volleyball in college. Um, so I went to a school that had something that was relative to 
health and wellness. So I ended up majoring in kinesiology with the intention to play volleyball and go into athletic training after um, my undergrad. And while I was in college, um, and this is just like totally me. So being an athlete, you obviously miss time away from class when you're traveling and in for games. Um, I went to a extra credit lecture and I look back on it. I'm like, this is so me because like, I didn't need extra credit. I thought I did, but I was that student that like attended everything. So it was literally just being extra. Like I yeah. didn't credit. <laughs> um, so the, the lecture that night, um, I went by myself and I was like, what am I doing here? Why am I here? Um, but it ended up being Ellen Coleman, who is a sports dietitian in like the LA area. And she walked us through her career path, um, working with so many of the major LA teams. And I was like, what, this is a, this is a job you can do food and like sports. And so at that point it was probably my junior year of college and I couldn't change to health sciences, which was more of the sciencey route that would have set me up for, you know, what was next, all the biochem, microbiology, all of that. Um, so that inspired me along with kind of a lot of other things. We had diet restrictions on our team. We had um, girls that had disordered behaviors. And that was my first time really seeing like nutrition in sports um, and being intrigued with it. So at that point, um, I knew that I wanted to pursue grad school. So I started taking my one of the pieces of advice that I love is my mom is um, a college professor and she told me take your prerequisites for grad school in your senior year and in my head I was like no I'm going to take the fun classes they're like history of chocolate or history of you know those things she's like no you'll appreciate having two semesters of bio or I mean of um, anatomy phys and labs and all those things and I'm really grateful for that advice because that set me up for what was next. And ultimately, um, my mom's coworker uh, said she had a friend that was a sports dietitian in the LA area and if I wanted to meet her. So I met her and it ended up actually being Becky Twombly. Oh my God. And yeah, she was at UCLA at the time. This is like how small the world is. Um, and so honestly, I just relied on her to like, how do I get into this field? I had no idea you had to be a dietitian. So she, you know, gave me that information on how to go about that. And um, I applied for grad school, went to grad school at Cal State LA um, and did their coordinated program. Um, and it all came full circle because then I asked Becky in my internship if she would, at the time she was at USC then, if she would take me on as an intern. And she was, she said, yes, but you have to, you know, go through all the work. And it, it taught me to be persistent, but not annoying uh, because, you know, sports dietitians are so busy. Um, so she took me on and I did my um, elective with her at USC. Um, and, and that kind of just got the ball rolling. Um, but but a, a side note, again, I tell all of our interns that I've had that networking is so huge and you don't realize it and it's uncomfortable and like, you know, it's important, but just being in the right place at the right time is also critical. So putting yourself in those positions is important. Um, Becky introduced me to CPSCA and she said, you should go to the boot campus in LA. And I was like, I'm not gonna go by myself. Like I'm, I don't like doing things by myself. Uh, and I'm sure people can relate to that, but I went. And so while I was in between sessions, 
I turned around and behind me was um, someone I went to undergrad with and she was an athlete, majored in kinesiology. She said, hey, I'm at Baylor as a strength intern. We're looking for nutrition interns for the summer. And I was like, hmm, Baylor, like, where, where is that? Like, go <laughs> Texas, you know, now it's like blown up from all the Magnolia and Savannah oh. and Chip Gaines, but um, just happened to run into her at this conference. And she connected me with Annie um, and Dwight Allison. So Annie Logan, how, or Annie, Annie Hogan-Lowry, and then Dwight Allison at Baylor. So I did an internship there while I was in my coordinated program in the summer. Um, and all things kind of lined up where when I was done with grad school, Dwight ended up being at Notre Dame at the time and called me and said, oh. I have a job. Do you want it? And I had been interviewing places and I literally told him, no, I was like, I don't do snow. Like, I'm not going to do that. I want to stay in California. But Becky told me, I'm not going to hire you here at USC because <laughs> you need to go somewhere else. So you need to see, you know, what else is out there. And, um, one thing led to another and that's how I got to Notre Dame and it's all by connections and networking and honestly that's how I got to the Kings too and I can go into that later but um, it's just it's so wild how everything lines up and you're in the right place at the right time meeting people and you don't know in years to come that's where you'll end up. That is amazing. It's super funny, like, because obviously we've heard Annie's story before and knowing that Dwight was with her and I, did, I forgot Dwight went to Notre Dame, Notre Dame and then you went there. So that's amazing. This is kind of random, but as your mom, as an athletic trainer and just trying to think about like the multidisciplinary team, like, did she have any advice for you of just like working with athletic trainers as a dietitian mm -hmm. or did she give you any like aha advice that could be helpful for anyone kind of trying to work with everyone? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think that's what's helped me build relationships because obviously strength coaches, athletic trainers had to do the job of a dietitian before. Um, and so she was, you know, teaching nutrition and she was in the thick of it, giving advice. Um, and she was just, she to just told me, go show up, build relationships um, because it can be intimidating someone coming in and taking some of your job away. Yeah. And so that really helped me um, build relationships with the athletic trainers at Notre Dame. And they became some of my closest friends um, because of that advice that she gave me. And um, it was really helpful. And I saw what she did day to day and I knew it was a grind and I knew that she did it even with the family and so that I could, I could do it too. So she was a great example. Um, and a, just a, she was the first female athletic trainer at their university um as a director and so uh, her head had athletic trainer so I saw two trailblazing wise from like a young female in a male dominated world that you can just do it you just have to put your head down build relationships and, and do the work that's amazing can we have your mom on the podcast <laughs> honestly she would love it she has so many great stories so it, oh it would be entertaining well someone actually told me they were like you should start interviewing like strength coaches and athletic trainers and just their perspective on working with us as well and I was like that's not a bad yeah. idea so maybe your mom can first get yeah I've thought about that I mean she's retired so she would be open to any sort of uh reminiscing <laughs> yeah no that's so interesting so you're at Notre Dame and you were there for five years right yeah five and a half of like wow. coming up on my six okay so in your five and a half years there the football team went to two college football playoffs, correct? Yes, we did. I mean, that's pretty like incredible being able to say that you've worked not only with Notre Dame football, but also have like fueled football players, you know, during, 
the college football playoff. Can you just give us a little bit behind the scenes of that experience? Like, is it as cool as it is? Is it stressful? <laughs> Anything like, I don't know, just a unique experience. I'm sure people want to hear about it. Yeah. I mean, it's such a hard thing to get into the playoffs. Like college football is so competitive. It's mm -hmm. so strong that um, it's, we didn't take it lightly that that was a really um, great experience that we were going to have, whether we came out on top or not. Um, so it was really an awesome opportunity to kind of dive into that world. I compare it to, so for all those that like plan for camp, I compare it to like an accelerated camp where you, you have all these months to plan for your camp. You're like ready, you, you coordinate everything. When you go to the, any bowl game, but like playoff game, you have to plan for additional games knowing that you may or may not make it. So I always would joke and, and say like, all right, it's camp. I mean, it's um, bowl planning or semifinals planning, close my office. Like for you get notified where you're going and then you have like a week to coordinate everything. So the bowl reps, um, especially for those playoff games are so great, so helpful. Um, but you really just like, I'm like, don't talk to me for a week. Uh, I'm going to start planning. So it's, it's really, it was a challenge because you're moving, you're not only moving your team, which is like 165 people that we traveled with, you're moving additional people, all of the administrators. So your travel party is 200 plus. Um, so I, I always say like I was planning a wedding every single day for, for those things because you have so much to do. Um, but as long as you're prepared and you plan ahead, you will be set up for going on the fly. Um, and that's the best advice I can give people that are going through bowl planning or just in general playoff is the stakes are high. Everyone's on edge, like do your job, do it well and be ready to adapt because plan A is not going to work probably. But as long as you're planning for plan A, B, C, you'll be ready to kind of adapt on the fly. Things won't show up or um, roads will be closed. So you can't go get your food. And, you know, there's, there's all these different factors. Um, that go into it, that it just takes a lot of prep and being able to adapt on the fly. That's amazing. Now, anytime I watch the college football play, I'm going to think of every sports edition planning a wedding. <laughs> right. But truly, like you think about it, you're talking about eight, eight chairs at a round table. And like, it's just it, to, the, to the level of what's the temperature in the room? What are the lights set at? You know, <laughs> all these things that I'm like, just I, I do the food, like I do the food. I don't do the light and the ambient, you know, air or whatever it is, but that, that comes with it. So that's funny. So being at Notre Dame for five and a half years, transitioning to the LA Kings, you move back home, which is just probably, I'm sure it's just amazing. And every day you're probably just grateful that you're near family. What is the transition like after five and a half years? Like, were you kind of nervous actually? Cause I can't imagine like your every day. I mean, I know I've been in my job for four years and you know, just thinking about doing something new. Was it exciting? Was it easy? Was it challenging at times? Can you just share a little bit about that? I think it was all of it, to be honest. Like I, the NHL doesn't have a ton of full-time dietitians still. So it's like a, a budding um, entity of sports dietetics that is growing. Um, but there, there's some people that have been in it for, for years um, that have been working with NHL but it's such a different world like it was almost like the time where MLB and NFL started getting all their dietitians I feel like we're a little bit behind that but we're starting to get there so for me they had never had a full-time dietitian before they had a, a um, contractor part-time um, and so coming from a place 
at Notre Dame where there's a history of sports dietitians before me and you, uh, you know, adopt a program and you build on it here, there wasn't like a really strong foundation. There was someone here that did the best that she could when she was around. Um, but coming in, it was like, all right, you're starting a program from scratch. You have a wide variety of ages. Like in college, you're, you have what, 17 to 21, 22. Here we have 18 to 36. So we're working with a lot of different age ranges and populations. And I was really excited to come back to California. My family's all here. I just, I missed it. Um, but I was nervous to start something from scratch um, to try to rally people to believe in nutrition, um, which the organization has been so great and so supportive that I feel lucky that I walked into this, um, this kind of setup and scenario because they're trying to model their performance after um, like the performance model in collegiate. So sports scientists, um, strength and conditioning, nutrition, all those different pieces of the interdisciplinary team that weren't totally there in the NHL or super established. So um, that's what's been kind of exciting and fun um, to be a part of here. Um, but I will say like the transition was tougher than I thought it was, you know, I'm coming back home, I'll be comfortable. Mm -hmm. But I, because I went straight from football season, then to jumping into hockey when it had already started, I wasn't, I was just like, you just put your head down, you go, you start working, like, just go. But then when season ended and I kind of came up from this like glazed, like go to work, I was like, oh my gosh, I left my whole life behind all my friends, like the day to day that I was comfortable with, you know, at Notre Dame pop into a new scenario with totally more restricted COVID parameters. Um, it was a lot more challenging than I thought from a personal standpoint, um, but I couldn't be more excited to be a part of this organization and what they're trying to do. They're so supportive of me and my mission and growing the field of nutrition. Was there anything from Notre Dame that maybe you didn't think would have been so helpful that really was helpful when you, when you got there or just something that maybe you didn't realize kind of during your five and a half years that was like, I'm so glad I had this skill set or just something that kind of help that transition a little more? Yeah, I think off the top of my head, I think just relationships, like you don't realize how much time it takes to build relationships and trust. And so I relied heavily um, on our director of ops at Notre Dame um, just for schedules and details and all these things. Well, this position here wasn't, wasn't fully there before. So I'm taking on things that people don't know to include me for. Um, so having to build those relationships and who do I even go to, to get scheduled? Who do I even go to for our partners? Who do I contact for our like staple center? You know, like being starting in season and then taking on some of those goals that were so like thoughtless, um, right. you know, before became my challenge of not even knowing who to ask for, you know, for help or how to get into the building or, you know, like those things that that make the day that you don't realize how much you know time and effort you put in the relationships and functionality day to day until you're starting from scratch and it's it's just a different world so building those relationships with your staff takes time but I totally I, I text so many of my friends back at Notre Dame with like thank you so much for all your help like I don't know if I told you enough like thank you for always keeping me in the loop because it's, it's tough to start start over and build that with people mid-season yeah it's amazing what about what do people need to know about 
you know, especially not just hockey in general, but professional hockey players. I think the culture is a little bit different um, just from that standpoint, but the fueling too, like what are kind of the differences between, um, you know, athletes and hockey athletes and maybe the culture of just anyone maybe who's trying to work with um, hockey players as a sports RD? Yeah. So I think kind of what I mentioned before is the age range is so big um, that you have to take things into account, but they have families, they have kids, they have, you know, separate lives. So um, they're not always going to come into your office and hang out like the college setting because they want to get home. This is their job. Um, So it's just being strategic with your time, how you approach your education, um, you know, what's going to land with them might not have landed with the college population. Um, But like you said, the culture is huge. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of focus around nutrition, like they're huge foodies. So every city they go to, they have their own restaurants that they always go to and they, they know good food, they appreciate food, they'll spend time, energy and money on food. So that's been a dream because I can just enhance that um, because they already have a focus on that. Um, I think that the other thing is just from a fueling standpoint, they eat their, this is just hockey across the board. Like when I worked hockey at Notre Dame, this was the same way. They eat their pregame meal like eight hours before the game. So mm-hmm. you're talking about, we're recommending every three to, or three to four hours right. before the game, you know, would be ideal. That's not their culture. Um, it's very much like they eat their pregame meal at 11 maybe. Um, and then they go take a nap for two hours. And then they wake up and they might get to Staples Center or wherever they're playing and graze on things. And so it's a lot longer of a day to like try to manipulate their hydration and their feeling because it's not how I've always learned and been taught. Um, their culture is they're gonna take naps. So where can you find the best times to give them those energy top offs? Um, they're gonna help them along the way because it, it is so drawn out. Um, and then just, they're like some of the most hardest working people. They're not bougie. They go hard. So they're going to go hard on the ice and they're going to go hard on the weekend. So just keeping that, um, in mind too, that we're trying to meet them where they're at and you can't have this expectation that, um, they're going to be perfect because they will work so hard when they're with you. Um, but then they're also going to have a good time too. (laughs) So keeping that in mind is also, also important, but Um, And I think the last thing too, from the nutrition standpoint is they lose so much sweat. Like we know that athletes lose sweat way in, way out, you know, that whole deal, but they, because they're working at such a high level on the ice and have so much equipment, um, I didn't realize hydration needs were going to be something that I would have to focus on pretty early. Um, I thought they had it nailed down. Um, but you know, some of them are losing 10 pounds in a game. That was like our O-line. So I'm looking at them and like, okay, you, you have all these resources, you, you know, they have, they're so repetitive, but being able to get into their routine and say, you know, have you thought of this or have you thought of this? And they're not hesitant to change, but they're so ingrained in their routine Mm. that you have to say, okay, what is, what is your electrolyte intake? How much are you losing? You know? day to day from a pound standpoint are you replacing it all the things that you think that they know but like they just need the education so that's been a huge focus for me as well with them um but they're so fun like I love working with them um it's a whole different it's a whole different world and I'm really happy to be part of it 
That's awesome. I kind of forget, or maybe I didn't know that you were the first full time. I mean, it makes sense because I I don't think I ever not like knew about the LA Kings, but I just know like the Boston Bruins. Like I, yeah. I, know, I don't think I even knew they had a hockey team, but until you started working there. But um, I guess the question I'm just kind of wondering was when you got there, was it that someone was like, Hey, we want you to do this, or did you kind of like have an idea of what you wanted to kind of implement or was it kind of like a hybrid of like observing but also like here's some structure I mean now that it's kind of off season or postseason it's probably easier to start those things but did you kind of know coming in what it was going to maybe look like or was it just like COVID craziness yeah I mean part of it was <laughs> COVID craziness um because like I said their parameters were so like I thought college was super strict like it was so interesting here okay. because LA County right. was had yeah. such high um you know rates and um we got tested every day like we couldn't go to restaurants it was just it was a lot tighter um but coming in so during my interviews I kind of asked like what is your goal for this position yeah. um because it's it's a big step and a, a lot of pressure for someone to come in them to trust you to be the first full-timer and to drive what your, their program is going to look like. Um, and I had never done that before. So I was nervous, but that's why I asked, you know, what, how can I be successful in your eyes in the first six months? And they said, honestly, education and the food service planning. Yeah. So that, and, and what that looked like was up to me. Um, but coming in and helping people do the food service aspect, especially during COVID, I think was a major thing. And, and I think it was, it was tough at first because people had like, it's almost like when you are so involved in something, it's almost more work to give it to someone else and explain how we do things. Yeah. And we were mid season. So I, I didn't get pushback by any means. Like they wanted to give me some of those. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was like, just for the sake of time, it was easier for people to continue doing things. So finding spots where I could do education and try it um, things and all of our food was in boxes. So it wasn't like we could highlight some of our like meals on a buffet and talk about it. Like it was very static education and um, sending them texts and, and that sort of thing. So um, I knew coming in, I had to do education and I had to nail down their food service. Um, but then, as you mentioned, now that we're in the off season, I have been able to, to have more mental space and really be creative and thoughtful with what I want to do and how I want to um, get started when camps go and what my mission is for the upcoming season. Yeah. I love that you asked in the interview. Cause that's my favorite question too. Like, you know, in the first six months, like what does success look like for you? Because then that answers the question for you too. Um, so anyone interviewing for a job, you should totally ask. That. Yeah. So you know what their expectations are and then you know, if you're a good fit for that job. So, um, I love that. Do you think that positions are going to grow in like the NHL or like, I'm sure how many are there now Four full-time five? I think somewhere around there. I'm not even entirely sure. I just like joined the listserv and everyone's <laughs> been so helpful. Um, but I think there's a lot of contract dietitians okay. um, within the NHL, but it's not like every team has one. Oh, um, okay. But I do think it's going to continue to grow. Um, I've already heard rumblings from one of the other clubs that they're looking for someone and um, one of the new teams is like that's in their thought processes they're building their team they want to have someone in the nutrition role so um, you know you kind of hear chatter amongst the league yeah I think it's only going to follow after MLB and, and NFL it's just going to be a, a little bit behind yeah that's so exciting though it's awesome yeah 
That's very right. Switching gears, what is the hardest lesson in your career up until this point? I think for me, the hardest lesson um, was wearing my work as a badge and not setting boundaries. Um, because, so I remember having a conversation, my dad was taking me back to the airport, I was flying back to South Bend, and I said something, and I said, but that's my whole life, like, my, my work is my whole life, and, and that's, like, offensive, like, that you don't understand it, or, you know, something along those lines, he's like, Carrie, that's very sad that this is your, that that's your whole life, your work is your whole life, that's very sad, and I was mad, like, I was so mad, I was like, all right, fine, like, I'll catch my flight, bye, like, love you. And then I got on the flight and had a four hour flight and was like, dang, like that struck me like so hard because I think we wear it as a badge, the hours, the amount of time we're working. But in that process, I didn't set boundaries. And so I lost who I was. And so when I, so side note, I actually, for this college playoff, um, I didn't go, I planned it all. And then I was a close contact to COVID and ended up getting COVID. Um, and so what seemed like the end of the world like to me was all this I planned and all this I did and and this hard season and I don't even get to go and you know be part of that and it brought me back to that conversation with my dad is like it will go on you planned it you have a great staff going to go and, and and execute your plan but it's not like it seemed like the end of the world to me and when I look back on it I'm like it wasn't the end of the world like I just simply wore everything as a badge and when you removed it you removed sports nutrition from me and I had to be at home during that whole process. I was appreciative of my staff and all the little things. Um, but it was like, I, I realized too, that I had made this job my whole life. And it was really sad to look back. And when you remove it, like almost like athletes, when they leave college or they're done transitioning out, they like, don't know, you know, they, they lose a piece of them. And they don't remember that they're a sister and that they're an aunt and that they're a volleyball player and a coffee shop lover and all those things because they, they hide behind this badge of, I work so many hours, look at, look at what I do. And like, that's not even cool. Like boundaries are cool. Boundaries will set you up for a career that's sustainable and, and you'll enjoy going to work every day. Um, if you set, you know, reasonable boundaries and still work hard. So I think that was really a lesson that I wouldn't have chosen to experience myself, um, but it became very apparent um, when I had that conversation with my dad and when I was actually removed from what I thought was my whole world. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing that because I don't think we've <laughs> yeah. heard that. we have not heard that advice before and I'm sure a lot of sports dietitians can relate. And I don't, I think COVID has, I would think helped a lot of, not just sports dietitians, I think anyone obviously that has a job that like like it might stop one day, like the world might stop one day. And, you know, are you going to be happy with everything that, you know, you're doing professionally, but also in your like social life. And, and at the end of the day, like you're just as um, not cool, but you're just as good as if you wake up at 5am or you go to work at 11. But yeah, you make a really good point um, that you're so much more than your life being a sports RD. Exactly. But it's so easy to get lost in that idea. Cause that's, <sighs> I'm so needed, but like, you really like people will do the job for you when you're not there. And that's a humbling experience, yeah. um, but you're not everything. You're not the greatest thing. You're just a piece of the puzzle. So I love it. All right. We're switching up the next question a little bit. I don't know if it's going to trip you up, but okay. What is the best unexpected advice you've ever received in your career up until this point? Mm, that's a good question. Okay. I 
think again off the top of my head I think I have two okay one was one that I mentioned earlier with like Becky um how she told me like don't limit yourself to California because there's so many other great opportunities out there um I always tell that to our interns I mean there's some factors people have families or if they're tied down to a certain place like it's a little bit more challenging but um if you have the opportunity to open up your like scope of where you want to go the opportunities will also open up as well and then I think like this is hard to admit um but I had two of my athletic training like coworkers tell me like you're working so hard in my first like two years you're working so hard to like prove how relevant nutrition is and how important it is and you're like breaking your back by like trying to say like how important nutrition is and they're like you're good with relationships you're good at educating like just do your job and people will recognize that like nutrition is super important. Don't be fighting to be a part of a conversation. Like just do your job and people will see it and you'll automatically be part of the conversation. And like, that was hard for me to really like look at, but I look back and I'm like, no, that was what helped me pivot and help me like try not to like prove nutrition and how like, I want to share all this information with you and everything I know. It's like pump the brakes, like just like, do your job, show up, be there, like do really good work. And you'll prove that that's, you're relevant in this space. You don't have to like try so hard. Um, so that wasn't welcomed at first, but it really was like the advice that I take with me. Um, you know, wherever I go is like, don't try to make something a bigger deal than it is. Just do the work and people will see how big of a deal it is. Yeah. I mean, I think for me too, like two years in as well, I probably realized like, you know, you're, you're not, you don't know any different. So you feel like I'm nutrition. Like here I come, like everyone yeah. be the same, like, cause you don't know any different. I'm sure anyone who's listening that has been in RD for two years at one place knows that that's probably how they felt. But yeah, once you like kind of put the brakes on and just kind of channel your energy where it's valuable, like what you actually want will happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's when you're trying so hard, then it just is like, not disappointment, but you just set yourself up for like, I don't know, like you're like, you create a target on your back. Yeah. You yeah. should do that. But you and don't it's know. Not worth you it. know. <laughs> it's like, it's like the John Wooden quote. So we had this in, in our like mud room before you go out to the field at Notre Dame at one point was like, don't confuse activity with achievement. And I never really like paid attention to that. But one day I was just looking up at the door and I saw that and I was like, Hmm that's exactly the example that I was trying to do so much and be so many places and wasn't doing one thing really well. I was trying to do all the things and I kind of took that to heart and that's where you're going to, you know, make some progress, but trying to force things and confuse what you're doing. And like you said, not even putting good energy into things. Um, you're going to be like shooting in the dark and spinning your wheels and, and not gaining much traction. For sure. All right. Ready for the rapid fire? Oh, this is like scary. <laughs> Don't worry. All right. This one's kind of not easy, but it's not super scary. Do you have like a favorite go-to nutrition tip that you like love sharing with athletes? Like, you know, everyone has their like tagline or like, I don't know. Like, do you have a favorite thing that you like say or like a punchline? I, do. I, I say like nutrition is a 1% thing. So okay. it doesn't happen overnight. It's something that builds up over time, but 1% can make a huge difference when it gets down to, you know, accumulating percentages. I should use that. Mine's yeah, um, take it. 
mine is more like a fact, but I love telling athletes that for every hour on a flight, you need eight ounces of water um, yes. fluid because they don't realize that like you get dehydrated in the air. And I just feel like that's like a secret tip that if you don't know that, then you're going to feel like shit. <laughs> and it's, but it's honestly, it's so applicable too. Cause you can, it's not like, okay, eight ounces at 15 minutes before and 16 ounces at this, like, they're not going to remember that, right. but like one hour on a plane, like, shoot. Okay. Like right. I, can, I can drink eight ounces. Like, right. cool. I love that for us regular humans too I mean it works for everyone but I feel like a lot of athletes don't know that so that's like the secret of having a dietitian on staff I think um all right strawberry or grape jelly on a pb and j great great okay I'm a strawberry no I like both but I feel like strawberry doesn't get as much attention but it's good I will say though like and this is in true sports dietitian form that Uncrustables are better, in my opinion, with strawberry because oh. for some reason, the peanut butter heart like doesn't defrost well with the grape. So like when you get a nice pillowy strawberry Uncrustable, like I'm, I'm going to go for that. Oh. But in my own life, grape for sure. Okay, good to know. Do <laughs> you have a favorite gummy bear flavor? You know what? Um, I like the white one. The I key like one. The tropical. Really? See, yes. I thought it was clear, but the reason why I'm oh, asking yeah. that is because there's no other clear type of candy, right? Like gummy bears are the only clear or like, I don't know if you call it white, but like clear animal or bear. Definitely clear. You're right. I don't know why <laughs> instead of white, um, like but you're it. so right. Yeah, it is. Um, but it's like the dark horse in my opinion, because like, I don't know, I, I just like the tropical leaf flavor and it's not like yeah it's just I just love I didn't even know it was tropical I thought it just tasted like the red one but you're probably right it probably doesn't it could I'm still having some sensory issues from COVID so if I tried it now it might taste completely different (laughs) um Caesar salad or Greek salad Mm, that's a good question Greek salad if it doesn't have Kalamata olives but you don't like olives it does I I love olives but the sourness of the Kalamata just ruins a salad for me okay do you like dirty martinis <laughs> I've only ever had it once um and was like maybe not my drink but like I'm not mad no it's so good you like them yeah that's I brought that up because of the olives if yes. <laughs> um, I respect it random fact about pro hockey players that we should know about um they a lot of them don't have teeth and it's like a, it's prideful. So oftentimes oh. they don't wear their teeth around here, but if they're going home, you can tell that some of their like significant others probably prefer them to have their teeth in. So they'll come into the rink with no teeth and then they'll leave with teeth. Do you um, mean like they put in like? Yeah, they have like a, like a, almost like a retainer or something. Oh my God. So it's cool not to have teeth? Yeah, it's like a badge. Um, but you don't, honestly, the younger ones, you don't see it unless they wear their teeth all the time. But they have a lot of their teeth because when they played in college or in juniors, like they have a full face shield, whereas a lot of the older guys didn't. So yeah, they uh, they definitely take pride in not having their teeth. Uh, it's amazing. All right, true or false? <laughs> I don't even know if this is gonna make sense. Tostitos with a hint of lime is underrated. Tostitos, is that what you said? With a hint of lime flavor is underrated. I, I'll say true to that. Right. Okay. Good. I don't know that I've ever had tostitos with a hint of lime, oh, but I've had like the sea so egg thing. And, like, that's clutch. Okay. You should no. Sorry, that was rude. You should go try it. Maybe. Yes. 
I, I love all, all well, chips. I won't discriminate. No, they're amazing. Okay. What's your coffee order? Are you Starbucks or you're definitely Starbucks in Cali, right? You know what? That's a really funny question because I am like a big coffee person, but for like the vibe. So my, one of my hobbies is going to coffee shops that aren't chains. So if I'm like on the fly, it's going to be Starbucks because I'm intimidated by ordering things that I don't know. Um, but if I'm in like a local coffee shop, um, I used to be a dirty chai person, but now I'm like a lavender or latte type person. Oh, I'm laughing. Yeah. That that's a, I'm laughing that that's a, you call that a hobby because I respect that. Cause I think you <laughs> add more hobbies. I'm like traveling, cooking, like, I don't know. I'm like coffee shop yes, enthusiast, but I'm also not a coffee snob. So that's, what's like weird about it. I've never had dirty chai. Oh girl. It's a shot of, Wait, espresso. What makes it <laughs> it's a shot of espresso and a chai. Oh. So you have that like cinnamon, but then you also have this like, boom, I'm caffeine. I'm going to wake you up type thing. Um, can yeah, I get that anywhere? You can get it anywhere. And people know it's like the in and out, you know, um, like secret menu. It's like people, if you say dirty chai, it's not going to be on most mm. menu boards, but like people know what it so is. Is it hot? Do I get it hot? You can, you can get it either way. Get it so cold. if it's on like a cold day or hot, but oh. I will warn you, it's so good that you'll drink it really fast if it's cold. Someone once told me about um, the skinny vanilla latte at Starbucks, and mm -hmm. it's kind of like an in-between of like, if you want coffee, but hot chocolate, not like a Dunkachino, but by an accident. <laughs> I don't know what a Dunkachino is. Okay. I don't know if it's like an official term, but a Dunkachino is a hot chocolate and a coffee combo at Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, not on the like menu. a Mexican mocha. Sure. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> but anyways, by an accident, I ordered a skinny vanilla latte from Starbucks and they gave it to me iced. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. And depending on the milk, like, it just makes it that much better. Like, <laughs> like this is like a coffee podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yep. I'm ready for, uh, I'm ready for some recommendations on right. drinks and some places to try in the uh, South Bay area. So hit me up. All right. Last rapid. Favorite gum flavor? Ooh. Um, I really like winter mint. Um, what is that? What's the um orbit? Orbit. Really? Winter orbit. mint. It's like light green. Um didn't orbit go out of business? Or like I don't know. I don't really? See. I think they still have it at Costco because Mark and I used to buy it in like pounds. Um I, yeah, I feel like I saw that gum like 10 years ago, but I don't nobody would choose it now, but that's good to know. I mean, low-key, it gives me a headache and it loses its flavor really fast, but like I really appreciate the taste um but I mean oh, I won't discriminate I love that's a what about you what's yours um trident bubblegum oh gee and then this is super random but I know on another episode I said I really like vanilla I'm sorry orange vanilla polar seltzer and anytime I have trident bubblegum I crave an orange vanilla seltzer so weird it's an orange vanilla seltzer um let me see if is it like a sparkling water? It's this. Go try it. It's so good. What is it? It's not alcoholic. It's just normal. No, no, no. It's orange just a, like a seltzer. Polar orange vanilla. Do so you like like creamsicles? This is yes. I don't. Sorry, I forgot to say that. Yes, this tastes like a creamsicle, and I don't love this. Oh to be honest, like, I don't love like bubbles unless it's soda, kind of. But it, this one's so good. So have some trident oh bubble gum and have some. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go look for those at the store because <gasps> I've honestly never seen that before. Maybe it's an East Coast thing. Seltzer. I mean polar. Oh, polar. It probably. Is. Like, I do you guys have Cape Cod chips out there? 
We do, and they're so freaking good. Okay. Have you ever tried the sour cream flavor? No. I think it's kind of new. It's amazing. I think I've I've honestly only seen like the original salted ones, and like okay. I've always wondered. I never paid attention when I travel if they're everywhere, but I don't know. I mean, some sandwich shops out here have like small bags of it, but I haven't seen the the other flavors. It's on my to do list. Hopefully everyone learned about what Carrie and I like to eat. Because <laughs> um, this is going to continue when we're done. <laughs> I know. All right. That's the last question. Yes. All right. If you could tell your younger Artie self one thing, what would you say? Um, mm, I think similar to kind of what I've already nailed on, if you can like see a theme, is don't lose track of your titles. Like you don't be a title chaser. Like do your job, you know, but also remind yourself like who you are aside from the titles. Cause when it gets stripped, like, who are you, who are you? Um, and, and that will help you find balance in your, in your career too. But I just let like my career path, like I was so gung ho about getting into this career and reaching these different levels that, um, along the way I lost some of my, you know, favorite things about being a human being. Um, so I think I would just tell myself that, um, have patience, trust that everything's going to kind of work out with the people you know, do your job, work hard, and then don't get, get caught up in chasing a title. I love that. Chase the dream, not the title. Ooh, okay. Awesome. Copyright that. <laughs> not above my desk. <laughs> well, Carrie, thank you so much for your time today. It was awesome having you on and, um, you, you shared incredible advice that will help a lot of people. So thank you for sharing and hopefully I'll see you soon. I know. I'm so <laughs> glad to be here and I'm, I'm hoping to see you. I don't know. Whenever everything is normal. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully I'll see you soon and have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you later. Bye, Carrie. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Sports Artie Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Share the podcast or tell another sports RD to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at Sports RD Snippets to see what Sports RD guest is featured each week. I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests, so stay tuned. I'm Liz Waluka, and thanks so much for listening. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I wanted to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Momentus. Check out their website at livemomentus.com and use the code RDSnippets at checkout for 20% off your order. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll be back in two weeks with my next guest.